Good afternoon, good evening, good morning for some of you, perhaps. My name is Herb. I'm an alcoholic. Welcome to our big book Zoom workshop. Please join me in prayer for an open mind and an open heart. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps in you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Column four is what I call the last paragraph on page 67. And it's really about the final instructions on unpacking resentments. I arbitrarily use the term column four, and I have been, and I may have explained it not in the same context as I'm doing now uh, in terms of referring to the contrast to the third column. The book doesn't actually refer to columns, but on the page 65, it has the matrix that shows three columns. And I identify that as column one, column two, column three, even though that's not the way it's designated in the book. Then when we come to page 67 and the instructions as they've been revealed to me and I've accepted them and, and, and experienced them, this final paragraph is the final instruction on how to analyze your resentments to bring it about where you really see the truth. In column three, we see our beliefs and the results of looking through the lens of those beliefs. And hopefully we begin to see that what we thought was reality actually was a lie. It was a delusion. We wrote a script to suit our needs. It just didn't happen to be corresponding to reality at all in a large percentage of our perceptions. And so Bill helps us unpack that with the approach to the third column. He only gives us words. And the man who took me through that third column, the second time I went through the steps, gave me definitions and applications, which you have been very experienced in now in doing and also listening to other people's unpacking them, if in fact you didn't do that yourself on the call. But this final piece is the home run. It's the rest of the story. In fact, in my first journey through the steps when I was four years sober, with a man who was a mechanic with the steps, 
he overlooked the third column from my standpoint in terms of what we have now experienced together, but he was extremely precise with the fourth column. And that's where I began to have my spiritual awakening. I didn't know it at the time. It was only after I had finished the steps and was beginning to help other people go through the steps that I realized what I had experienced and when I had experienced it the, for the very first time, a shift in my perspective, a shift in my consciousness, a shift that allowed me to own my life for the very first time. The thoughts, the feelings, and all the behavior up to that point, age 51, 48, so, sorry, <laughs> not that that's important to you, uh, but I don't want to be confusing. This was the first time I did the work. I was four years sober. Referring to our list again, the, the man's talking about the column one list, the list of our resentments and why we have them, column two, and how it impacted us, column three, that first time I had no experience with the column three, but I did the checkbox exercise that this man had given me. So I was prepared to move on, even though I'd had no, no awareness at all. No change in my perspective. No understanding or experience with my delusional beliefs. And I'm saying it that way because you don't have to do this thing correctly or certainly not perfectly in order to get a benefit from it. I had no experience with columns one, two, and three other than I knew I was angry. And why? And then this man helped me unpack page 67, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done. So we're not looking at them anymore. We're not looking at history. We're not looking at people. We're not looking at circumstances. No, 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 no. We're looking deep inside ourselves. We resolutely look for our own mistakes. Where had we made a mistake that created this resentment? The incident might have been yesterday or last week or last month or last year or last decade. In many of our cases where it's been fathers and mothers and family of origin is decades ago. 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years ago, these events took place and we're still seething with red hot lava volcanic rage. That was in fact where I was. Putting out of our minds the others, the wrongs others had done. We resolutely look for our own mistakes. Number one, selfish. You'll notice there's going to be five questions. I give each word their own sentence in the worksheet. And this man gave me definitions. Selfish is thinking about myself in contrast to self-seeking, which is in the same sentence. Self-seeking is about my behavior, but still coming from my self-centeredness. Remember, Bill on page 62 said that selfishness, self-centeredness is the root. So this is where everything comes from. All of our problems 
all of our problems come from ourself, the root of selfishness and self-centeredness. That's the proposition here. Dishonest. So how am I misrepresenting myself? Frightened. How am I trying to protect myself? And then the final question, number five, though the situation had not been entirely our fault, he's very um, objective. What they did, that they did it, when they did it, those are all objective. It did happen. We were hurt. We were injured. We were betrayed. Yes, we were abused and misused. Yes, 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 yes. It's all true. Some of it's tragic, all of it's unfortunate, some of it's even criminal. But here he goes. We try to disregard the other person involved entirely. We tried. That's that set-aside attitude. Set it all aside. The history at this point, and I don't mean to offend anybody, I do mean to confront you. The history at this point is irrelevant. Your history, as we sit here today, looking at one another, me talking, you listening, your history is irrelevant. The people and the circumstances that are part of your story at this point in our discussion are irrelevant. <gasps> How could that possibly be? You, you need to know my story. No, I know your story. Your story at this point is that you're a victim. And that's a lie. Sitting here listening to me today, nobody is victimizing you. Let it sink in. Sitting here today, listening to me, all you have now is a memory and emotions that go with the memory. There's no reality behind your being a victim. And so his final question is, where am I to blame? I actually don't like that word. I've mentioned that many times. It might have been a adequate, effective word in 1939 when the book was written, but today it, it has a negative connotation a real true negative connotation. I, I really like the word responsible. What's my role? What's my responsibility? You hear in the meetings, what's my part? We don't have a part. I'm very clear. I do not have a part. You do not have a part in your resentments. I own it 100%. You own it 100%. If you're sitting here today with a resentment, it's because you generated it and you have nurtured it and you have sustained it 100%. <gasps> That's huge. Most people in the program even don't even know that. And they continue to use in the meetings, what's my part, what's your part? It's not the words from the big book. The inventory is ours, not the other person's. When we saw our faults, mistakes, wrongs, we listed them, we placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. A signal to the eighth step 
that there might be some amends work that will be called for when we get there. That's why I include that in the fourth column. So those first five questions there, I've already unpacked on the worksheet. The other material is there that's come out of either working with individuals prior to the workshops or working with people in the workshops and getting feedback as to what would be helpful to look at in order to embrace this concept that I just said that I'm 100% responsible, looking at it from a variety of different angles. Number six and seven on the worksheet about harms, harms to the person that I'm looking at and harms to the people around that person, six and seven respectively. Because the book has just suggested that we need to be aware of that in preparation for the eight step making amends. Question number eight, because we're going to be looking at fears in the next assignment. I put an additional question there because in number four, I saw my fear of getting fired. But in number eight, I saw a whole list of fears of looking bad publicly being criticized, a fear of uh, smart women, a fear of uh, tall and powerful men, a fear of being publicly cr criticized. I mean, these are still resonating fears with me that haven't literally been totally removed, but uh, they've been minimized, diminished over the years with prayer and contrary behavior and some therapy. Number nine, character defects, a preparation for step six. Number 10, this is now the beginning of a turnaround, what I call a turnaround, using words from Byron Katie's book, uh, Loving What Is. She has an entirely different approach to the breakthrough, seeing reality as reality is, and she calls it the turnaround. I love that. At the top, we identified the perceived role, in my case with Bob, a misunderstood employee, and you've heard me talk about being overly ambitious and grandiose, entitled and narcissistic, and uh, not being prepared for a job that they potentially were going to offer me, but not knowing that I wasn't prepared because I wanted the power and the prestige and the money that went with it. And I didn't want local responsibility. I didn't want a, ma a local manager that would be uh, reviewing and, and holding me accountable for my behavior. I wanted to be the boss in Los Angeles so that I didn't have local uh, accountability. The answer to question number five was, I was not prepared for the position. I had manipulated my way into a, a place of potential candidate. I had misrepresented myself to my bosses and to my coworkers, and I was completely insensitive and inconsiderate to the people that were subordinate to me in the work, work environment. Now, I had no idea that that was true in 1988 until I did this work. Why do I hold on to this resentment? 
Well, I held on to it so that I could blame them and not look at my own dysfunction and delusions. The benefit to me is I didn't have to change as long as I could blame them. I could stay a victim. In, in contrast to the perceived role at the top, which was misunderstood employee, no, I was an immature and narcissistic employee. I was understood completely by Bob, although he operated in a very dysfunctional way, and that's just what is. His perception of me was absolutely right. I was not suitable for the role, either from a, an experience standpoint or from a personality standpoint. He was right on both accounts. He wasn't, he wasn't right in the sense of getting me fired, but that's the only way that he felt that he could deal with the cancer that I was in the workplace at that time, prior to sobering up, certainly four years earlier, but now four years later, I hadn't changed at all. And now I began to change, but it was too late for anybody around me to perceive that and accept that. The conclusion was I finished this work and I resigned at the end of December of that year from that job because they were irreparable damages. I had to move on. The new herb could go to a new place with no baggage as I did and spend the next 20 years with a very successful career. So you have attempted, I hope, to do at least one of these, unpacking them, because I hope the instructions have been clarified over time with the workshop feedback. And um, that will be some of the work that we will do today. Uh, if you want to, if you have a column of four, then we will look at that. All right. Since you're first out of the, uh, so you have a column four you'd like to review? Yes, yes. The way I'd like to do it is for you to, from column three, read the resentment and self-esteem and fear, and then move over to column four. Okay, can I start with a set aside? If you want to, sure. Okay, my creator, please help me set aside all my preconceived notions in regard to Steve with the hope I might examine my role in the incident. Although afraid, please give me the courage to be honest in this healing. All right, so column three, and this is the resentment. When I resent Steve for lying, talk, uh, taking money with no intention of paying me back, flirting to use me, hinting at an intimate relationship. And then what else did you say go to what? Um, fear, just the fear next to it. Uh, uh, read your self-esteem and fear. Okay, my self-esteem. I am a kind, generous, smart, sober woman. I am desirable in my physical being, but also in my personality. Mm -hmm. oh, and then fear that I'm wrong, that I'm stupid and naive, and that I'm not lovable once you get to know me. All right. So now move up to the top of the fourth column. What's your perceived role? So... I believe my perceived role is that I am persecuted, put upon, used, bullied, lied to, victimized, and taken advantage of. Yeah. That's how I perceive um, it. I'm a, I'm a victim of a con job. 
Exactly. That's, exactly. I mean, that's what I wrote down to capture succinctly your role. You see, you're on a stage with Steve and the stage director has a script. Now he needs just a, a, a succinct designation of this role so that he can give you the right costume and the right words and the right, right expression, see? So okay. you're, you're, you, you, you use the term used I love, I, I wrote down the word conned. You sound like you were a victim of a con job. I believed I was. I, oh. That was my belief. That was how I perceived the situation. Yes. Exactly. That's how you described it. Okay. So when you feel that feeling today, not how long ago did this take place? Well, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. So it's history now. Oh, yes. Not quite ancient, but it's a long time ago, five years ago. Yeah. And so, but today you still have this anger, this inner, this negative energy about Steve. Not so much since I did this. Oh, well, there you go. All right. I'd like to hear about that in a minute, but right now let's just stay with the fact you wrote it because you had some yes. ir irritation and anger about Steve. Yes, and absolutely. When, and when you were feeling this anger as you wrote it, what did you write for number one in terms of your behavior? Self-seeking is behavior. Okay, so self-seeking. Um, I don't know why I wrote acting. Uh, self-seeking, uh, spending money to impress, acting like I had more than I did, dressing provocatively with my clothes and my makeup to impress, pretending to be flattered by provocative and sometimes offensive comments, like putting a ha-ha attitude on it. Oh, so you did a lot of encouraging behavior. I sure did. Wow. I, sure did. I don't want anybody to know that. Part. No, well, no, no, nobody was listening. Okay. <laughs> this is pretty embarrassing, actually. It, it, I, then you've done it correctly. All right. Number two. Um, Number two is about your unhealthy thinking. So is this, is that selfish? Number two. Um, yes, selfish. Thinking about myself. Okay. Uh, wanting others to feel sorry for me, to reject him and protect me. Wanting others to see how crazy he was not to dive into a relationship with me. Is that correct? Well, uh, first of all, it's... That may not be the right question, correct or wrong, because it's never going to be correct or wrong. It's going to be, is it helpful or not? And, and so, yes, I think it's helpful to you the way you wrote it. So read it again and tell me what you think it means. So how was I selfish? This is my, mm, I don't want to say part in it because you don't like that word. But well, this is perfect. how I contributed to the to the, the resentment. I like the, the word contribution. I like the word contribution to the okay. resentment. Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm asking you to do is reread what you wrote and tell me what it means. Okay. Wanting others to feel sorry for me and to reject him and then protect me from him. Wanting others to see how crazy he was not to dive into a relationship with me. And 
What does it mean? Yeah, what does all that mean to you? I don't like it. I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to. Sounds like you were attempting to get a lot of attention. Yeah, but not very subtly, very. That was not subtle. All right. It, you might want it to be subtle, but there's nothing subtle about it. All right. Let's go to number three in dishonesty. Okay. A long-time habit of not being willing to look at my behavior and my contribution to events, misrepresenting myself to Steve to impress, to appear more appealing, to present a non-reality of my worth and the sham of pretending to be someone I'm not. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's so dishonest. Well, that's an answer to the question, and you're realizing it now. Yes, it's I actually, am. Yeah, yeah. It's it's embarrassing and shocking, and yeah, exactly. Number four, what what fear well, does it bring up when you feel this feeling? Okay, I'm afraid that I will never find that ideal man caretaker because I am unlovable, undesirable, and boring. That the relationship I have, that the relationships I have will discover all of those things about me and leave me. That's why you have to be a Hollywood storefront. They well, they see they see New York, but they get Chatsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I am from New York. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chatsworth is a local city here that you probably don't want to live in. But anyway. Okay. Just cross that off my uh, bucket list. <laughs> uh, so number five. So you're doing an excellent job. You're really clear and colorful with it, by the way. Uh, number five. Um, so what is your uh, role and responsibility in generating this resentment? What did you write? I wrote, I, I just questioned myself, but I wrote, I presented a false self and a false financial construct as if money was so abundant, I could lend with impunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that, was, that, that was then, right? Did you say, ask me to do then and now? What did, if you wrote now, do it, please read it. All right, now... I am at fault now when I defend myself to myself and others by nurturing and feeding the false belief that I am a victim when in fact I volunteered for the job. I did volunteer and, and I was naive with regard to the consequences of my action. The way you read number one was very revealing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure it was very revealing to you. Why don't you read it again, number one, please? That is self-seeking? Yes, please. Okay, spending money to impress, acting like I had more than I did, dressing provocatively in my dress and makeup to impress, pretending to be flattered by provocative and sometimes offensive comments, putting a ha-ha attitude when yeah. I felt really degraded. Yeah, yeah. And, and you gave us a little hint of 
perhaps what's underneath it when you said something in number four, number three or four, where you essentially said, and I, I fear not having a relationship because I'm unworthy and I'm not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I have to pretend to be somebody I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my phrase for that is a Hollywood storefront. Okay. I, then I yep. have to, I don't want to wear that label, but. Well, you don't have to. Um, you can continue to be a false self. Right. No, I don't want to do that. No, you don't. You see, what you're doing right now is you're you're dismantling that Hollywood storefront. I believe you're taking it down brick by brick right now. I believe you're right. Oh, I really do. Well, it's apparent from your tone and your your wonderful openness in the, in the way you're talking about it and experiencing it here right in front of us. So skip six and seven. Okay. Um, that's about harm done. And we'll get back to that when we do the eight step. What did you write for additional fears number eight? Okay, that all my friends and family will find out that I am someone to feel sorry for and pitied. That I will, that I'm doomed to repeat, repeat this, this. I mean, I have repeated this behavior with many people. I could substitute different names in here. Yep. That I am, will repeat and that I, truly am such a failure and so pitiful that I feel I have to buy people's, especially men's affection. Wow, that's very powerful. You're being really raw and honest with yourself. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah no, no, this is soul surgery and you're just modeling it wonderfully. Number nine, uh, character defects. Lying, manipulation, fear of being alone, Gossip at the expense of others to build myself up. Yeah, I wrote down the word needy. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah, all right. And so what was in number 10, the benefit and value today of holding this resentment for something that happened five years ago? I have no need to hold on to this resentment. No, apparently you do. Excuse me, you've had it for five years. But right now, after having done this, I don't. No, that's correct. But you have held it for five years. What purpose oh, yeah. did it serve? Oh, yeah. To, to take the focus off all these things I just told you about myself. That is correct. That, I mean, I just wanted you to say it. It's, it's, it was so much easier to blame him and look at him and talk about him. And Always. In, in psychology, they call that an unhealthy coping strategy, and they call it projection. I put on to other people what I don't want to accept in myself. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and so look at the top then in terms of your perceived role at the top. What did you say there at the top of column four? Uh, my perceived role, didn't we start with that? Yes, we did. Okay. I want you to repeat it because I'm going to then ask a different question. Okay, my perceived role. I am persecuted, put upon, used, bullied, lied to, victimized, then taken advantage of. And, and would you use these words? I'm going to give you some words, and I'd like to say, you to say it out loud. I was a victim of a con job. I was a victim of a con job. 
Now tell me what's the, at the bottom in terms of your realization and the truth uh, on column four. Look at column four, the very bottom. Okay. It says my real role. What did you write? A volunteer, not a victim. Someone who presented false facts to get what I wanted. Attention seeking, pretending to be who I'm not. I compromised my values to get what I think I wanted and then lied to myself and others about that. Do you recall the words I asked you to say? I was a victim of a con job. Con job. What's the truth? My real role in it. What I just What is the what flip flip the words I just gave you into words that are now the because that's the lie. What's the truth? I was the con artist. Whoa, Curb, I didn't even, I just got, my hair stood up on my arms when you said that. I was, I was the con artist. Oh my God. I just want to give you a little caveat. He had a part in this. No, 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 no. I don't care. No, no, wait. Well, first of all, he was a con artist. Oh, There's yes. no question about it, but you were also a con artist. And now for five years, he had nothing to do with your conning yourself using this resentment to hide behind. Right, I am the con artist. Okay. You were then concerning the event. And since the event, you've been the con artist 100% because of your holding this resentment, which masked the truth from you of your role and responsibility. You're right, Herb. Well, it's classic. It's just like, this is the kind of crisp turnaround I just love to see. Yeah. So tell me, as you wrote it, you did a great job. And now as you read it, you really actively participated in it. It wasn't wrote. And what's your experience with it? I, I really see my part, and that's the only thing I have power to change. Yeah, yeah. To no longer be a con artist, to no longer buy people's affection, to because you don't, be enough. Because you don't need to. You, I am enough because I am what I am. Yeah. 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 And that's very attractive, actually. It is or it isn't, but you don't need people that don't value you for who you are, not for who you pretend to be. Yes. Because they're falling in love with the wrong person. Story of my two marriages. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you for listening to me. Wow. Well, that was great. Thank you for sharing it with us. Step four resentment, column three. All right. Okay. And uh, what's your resentment? Um, it has to do with my sister. She had molested me as a child. She was also a child too. But when I brought it up to her years later, she uh, refused to give me an apology. She actually like smashed me emotionally and told me <laughs> I should have been over it. What, what, you know? Right. How and long so, ago was this uh, interaction with your sister? It was about 15 years ago. Okay. And um, so that's the resentment you have concerning that interaction? Right. Not that she's not sorry for having molested me. 
Exactly. And what is your self-esteem? What did you write? Um, that I am permanently damaged because she molested me. No, that's not self-esteem. Uh, Read pride, please. That, that may be true psychologically, but it's not the answer to the question as we try okay. to unpack it in the third column. Okay. And so. what I want you to read now is what you wrote for pride. How do you want other people to see you on a stage with your sister having this discussion? Okay. Uh, others should see Monica treating me as, as a loved and adored human being that deserves respect. Okay. And so go back now to self-esteem and read what you wrote for pride, but just put I am and make the obvious changes. Okay, I am a loved and adored human being that deserves respect. That's self-esteem. Ah. Ah, because she did not do that is why you got pissed. Correct. But see how we had to backdoor it. Yeah. Because you couldn't, because yeah. you were tied up in the psychological sense of self-esteem, the blame mm -hmm. game too. But so, you, and that now, and the very fact that you said, ah, I think you got it, right? Yes, I did. So, Thank you. So in both of those cases, what fear did you put down? Um, that she, um, she won't, she won't treat me with respect. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And um, ambition, what do you want? I would love for her to give me a true and heartfelt apology. Yes. And what's your fear? I will never approach her on this subject again, so I can never get an apology. So I, I fear that it's going to be forever unresolved. Correct. All right. There's no right or wrong answer. There's just right. your answer. Um, security. Why do you need an apology? And um, Or no, what do you need and why? Now, your ambition was, what do I want? I want an apology. Right. What do you need? And the difference is, what you want is interesting, but not crucial. What you need, uh, your very life depends on. So um, what do you need from your sister and why? For her to, have, to tone it down to, to at least accept the fact that she's aware that I was hurt. Accept my feelings. And why is that a need for you? Because I wish she would. No, I understand that, of course. Why? Why do you need? It would need be it? nice. It would be nice for her Absolutely. to say, "Hey, I'm sorry." It would be wonderful. Now you're you're touching it. You're opening the door now, very deeply. Why do you need this? Because I just feel like I'm going to be hurt forever because of it. Okay, there you go. There you go. It's a wound that will never heal if she doesn't acknowledge it. You hit it. You got it. All right. Yeah. And what's your fear? It'll never happen. It will never happen. I'm going to have a bleeding wound for the rest of my life. Well, I'm afraid to ever bring it up again. Well, you should be. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, yeah. I'll just have to get over it and move on. And, you know, until I wrote this out, you know, I hadn't even been thinking about it for a while. You know what I mean? It took us a little bit of an effort to have you crack that door open for a little light to come in, too. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. It's easier just to shut it out and pretend it didn't happen. Except that the cancer will metastasize because it did happen and your feelings are there whether you acknowledge them or not. And they right. get worse. They get worse. They don't ever get better. Left, right. left unattended, they grow to monsters. All right. Good work. Very, very. See, what you did was you stood there and you listened and you tried and you opened yourself up and, and it cracked you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, personal relations. What did you write? Um, I expect sisters to love and care for one another, to be kind and supportive. And what's your fear? That uh, she'll never be supportive, caring, or loving. Exactly. It's very straightforward. That's right. What about gender relations? Uh, I think a man should be loving, supportive, and a good provider. And your fear is? I'll always have to take care of myself. Excellent. And woman? Um, kind, loving, nurturing. And your fear? They're really mean, backstabbing bitches. No right or wrong answer, but that yeah. certainly is an answer. That's right. Yeah. And um, pocketbook. Uh, I put down um, nothing should interfere or lessen my feelings of self-worth. Excellent. All right. And your fear? I will never be okay with myself. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually quite insightful. Many people use that almost robotically, that last line. That was probably one of your best insights. Yeah. 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 Thanks for letting me cry. <laughs> well, no, thanks for allowing yourself to be yeah. so vulnerable in public like that. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, know that that's, as we've talked about, that's only half of the story. So do a fourth column on it and uh, see what the rest of the story looks like, okay? Okay, I will. Well, because the event was 15 years ago and you're still carrying it. And if you want and, freedom, go ahead. And it, I did the math. It was more like uh, 24 years ago. There you go. Well, yeah, yeah. She said, wait, you're 35 and I'm 59 now. So, yeah. So she said, you're 35 and you still think about that? That was stupid kid shit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, and um, so this is a really important incident and feeling in your life. Are you using the, on a daily basis, the prayer for the removal of this resentment? No. Do you want it removed? Yes. So the conclusion would be? To do the prayer every day. <laughs> Sounds good. Embrace it, lean into it, even though you really don't want to, because you want to hold that energy of that hurt. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Wonderful work. Wow. Thank you. And uh, you, you mentioned that in our attempt to um, go through life, we create a story of the world, the people in it, how they should treat us, and about ourselves and how we should be treated and how we should act. Yep. And I just, that has meant so much to me, Herb. And I was just wondering if maybe you just take a minute or two and just kind of Talk to me about, you know, what you were feeling when you uh, wrote that, because it's so powerful. Well, and it 
has accumulated even more power as it's become more real and true for me over the years since then. The book was published in 2010. And um, it's the basis of the work that I do with Dr. Berger on emotional sobriety, um, because that's at the that's what comes out of this um, column three and column four work, especially the word that you used repetitively, even in, as you were bringing your question to our, our visibility. And that was the word should. Mm -hmm. I should, you should, mm -hmm. they should, and the world should. And that's the essence of the story that we tell ourselves that we don't know we're telling ourselves a story because we honestly believe that this is nature and how the reality works, how the world works. What I believe should be is intuitive truth, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Older sisters should respect younger sisters. They should. My sister doesn't. She should, but she doesn't. I get angry. She should, because that's my story. And it would be wonderful if the world were perfect. But there's no fair. There's no fair. The world is not fair or unfair. The world just is. Mm-hmm. We have earthquakes because there are tectonic plates in underneath the earth crust that move just because of evolution. That creates earthquakes and volcanoes. Earthquakes and volcanoes kill thousands of people regularly. It's not fair or unfair. It's just nature. We have... I'm going to be very dramatic. We have genocide. We have a history in the last hundred years of horrible genocide. Not just one, but multiple, even current cases of genocide. It's nature. It's human nature. Human beings have been given free will. And there is mental illness. It's not right or wrong in the most objective senses. Of course, there are cultural regulations and laws that have come out of how societies can thrive best is if people adhere to these laws. That's why we have criminal justice in every country. Um, I don't wanna to wander too far off the answer to your question. Um, that's why this work has become so important to me, especially column three and column four, and been reinforced by the work that Dr. Alan Berger and I do in emotional sobriety. He's a clinical psychologist with 50 years of sobriety this year. And um, so he brings the psychological perspective. I bring the rather, rather broad, comprehensive spiritual uh, dimension. And we both bring the 12-step dimension uh, underneath all of that. Um, so it becomes very powerful when we're trying to help people to see the story that they live. Mm -hmm. And that's what column three is, my belief, the lenses through which I look. And column four, 
the motives by which I operate. Mm -hmm. And both are corrupt. But we don't know they're corrupt because they we've grown up and they've grown up in us as we've adapted and adopted our culture, our family of origin, and the stress and, and le learned how to survive the stresses in our life. And that's why they call them unhealthy coping strategies. Mm -hmm. They're coping strategies, and they might have worked at one time, but they don't work anymore. Yeah. I started off the fourth step talking about instincts, fight, flight, and freeze, that got translated into our emotions of anger and fear and dishonesty. They get translated into our dysfunctional behavior, and that's what we're trying to unpack here. We look at the behavior, and as you heard today, wonderfully expressed by the people who have shared their third and fourth columns, we look at the behavior and the feelings, and then we try to unpack what lenses are we looking through? What is the origin of the motivation? Why do I need to do this? And as we drill down deeper into it, we become aware, as, as uh, one of the people mentioned, I'm so embarrassed. Look at this. Oh, yes, I was con. That is real. But I was the con right at the beginning, let alone all through the, the last five years type thing. Now, I'm going to stop now because I could probably go on for a while. Yeah. Uh, the one um, resentment that I wanted to go over with you. Um, uh, let's see. You wanted me to read. Um, if you have a fourth column, I want you to read the resentment in the third column and self-esteem and fear. Okay. Because that sets us up then to unpack it in the fourth column. Okay. When I resent Greg for manipulating me on the elder board, my self-esteem, uh, I am uh, an honest and humble man with long-term sobriety. I love God and I love all people. My fear is that Greg sees me as an inferior man to him. All right. Um, in, in pride, what did you write as your fear? Uh, my fear and pride was Greg does not respect me and the board doesn't as well. Okay. Is that, was that as a man or as something else? Um, I would say both as a man and as an elder. An elder of the church. Yes. Right, right. That's, that was the connotation that I was intuiting. Yes, good. All right. So cross over then to the fourth column. And what's your perceived role? Okay, my perceived role is uh, I am a betrayed elder and friend. And, okay. and you used the word manipulated. Could you use that word in the perceived role part also? I could. Yeah. A manipulated, betrayed elder and friend. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think it rings for me. Good. Let's see what happens when you do the self-seeking. How do you behave when you have that feeling of uh, betrayed and manipulated? Um, I tried to control Greg and was judgmental in the elder review session. And All right. Um, um, that was how long ago? 10 years ago. There. So that's then. What about now in terms of how do you behave when you actually feel this feeling? Or up until this moment? Uh, disappointed. 
just disappointed that it went the way that it went. And how does that translate into your feet? Into my feet? Yeah, behavior. My behavior. Um, I've kind of dismissed him, you know, I mean, I haven't talked to him really in 10 years and he hasn't either. And uh, I mean, there's various reasons for that, but I mean, that's just the way it's gone. All right. So I avoid him. Yes. That's a behavior. Yes. Great. All right. Uh, selfish. What unhealthy self-centered thoughts are underneath this resentment? Well, I wanted Greg to conform to my beliefs and experiences about sobriety. Oh, yeah. All right. You wanted him to accept. No, not accept. Just adopt even your frame of reference. Yes. All right. Because you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask me. I'll tell He's you. With conviction. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you dishonest? Well, I, I act like I have all the answers for Greg's defiance, and I was self-righteous with Greg and with the other elders. Yeah, that, that's a good word, self-righteous. You know, I, yeah, I looked up the word, and uh, it, it's hard to find a, dic a, a dictionary definition that puts it in the connotation that we both just used it. And mm -hmm. that surprised me, by the way. But anyway, um, what's the next item, uh, fear? Fear. I was afraid that Greg's dishonesty would be a reflection of my ability to guide and sponsor him. Oh, oh, oh you were sponsoring him. Yes. Oh, we didn't know that. You just. No, I, I didn't want to go into the story, Herb, because I know you oh, don't like stories. Oh, no, but the relationship is important. So not only was he a board member, but you were sponsoring him. Yes. Yeah, got it. Got it. That's um, an important connotation, I believe. But. Yes. Um, so in uh, item number five, what's your role and responsibility in holding this resentment? Well, I put down like my contribution of the original event I wrote, I was controlling and aggressive in exposing him. Yeah. And now for the last year, let's, let's assume, because you are writing a current resentment. Yeah, and, and like now I just, you know, I just like just disappoint me, you know, I just dismissed him and don't, you know, I don't, I don't have any contact with him at all. Well, but that's interesting, but not an answer to the question you've had. I'm assuming that you wrote this resentment because you have this resentment, at least when you started to write this during this current moment in your life. Yes. and. So what's your role in holding this anger, this feeling of negativity toward Greg for these last 10 years? Um, trying to think how I, the right way for me to answer that, Herb. I, my role is that I, I, I guess I've enjoyed holding the resentment. It, it makes Greg wrong. It makes me right. Yeah, I, that, I would say... I can hold the stance that I'm right when I have this justifiable anger. Yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, skip uh, six and seven, go to eight. Any additional fears? Yeah, my fear at the time, and I, I, you know, I, I talk about the disappointment, but I was afraid that I had failed as an elder. I, I had a big responsibility with this man, Herb, and I just felt like I failed as an elder. All right, all right. And... Um, Uh, number nine, character defects. Okay, self-centered, 
inconsiderate, self-righteous, self-justifying. Yeah. All right. Um, and you'll examine those for their accuracy um, in the sixth step. But see, this is a parking space. I'm saying that to you, but I'm, it's a teaching moment for the other people, too, as to why are we doing this? I believe it also sets us up to accept more of the responsibility for the creation of this negative energy, this emotion of anger. Yes, for sure, Herb. And so in, in question number 10, the uh, benefit or value for holding this, and we may have already explored that. What did you write there? Well, again, I'll repeat, and I, I think this is correct here. It just, it makes, it makes Greg seem like he's wrong and it makes me feel like I'm right. Right, right, yeah, that, that's what we had explored. Okay, so at the top, what did you write as your perceived role? Uh, that I am a manipulated, betrayed elder and friend. And what's the truth at the bottom? The truth is that I am a manipulating and controlling and betraying elder and friend. Maybe, I mean, it, it's a bit of a stretch or push to make that skin fit. Um, there was a couple of words that you used in character defects that might give it a little more crispness. Um, so what words do you see in the character defect that might capture it? Uh, Self-righteous, yeah. I think is good. Yeah, yeah. And a need to be right, and which, which is included in that, but it, it gives it a little bit more color, I think. That is, that is well said, Herb. I need yeah. to be right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as you wrote it out, very clear. And now as you read it out, do you have any special thoughts or insight or experience that you want to share? Well, for me, Herb, you know, this one, this, this sheet that I did in the, and the other ones I've done as well are all repetitive and that I see the pattern that um, I want to be accepted. I want people to notice me. I want people to like me. I want them to approve of me. And as long as they do, everything's fine. But when they don't, it's just like the Bill's story in the book, you know, when they don't, you know, I can be subtle about it or I can be very aggressive about it, but I'm going to get you back. Well, and what you're reminding me of, and I want to remind everybody of now that you've heard this conversation and you've had some experience with column three and column four, you might want to reread pages 60 to 62, because that's exactly what you were just referring to. Yes. And Bill captures this manipulative human nature of ours perfectly in those two pages. For sure. Pages 60 to 62, which I consider to be the description of unmanageability, which is the spiritual malady. That's human nature. It's not just eat any one of us it's all of us yeah and and i'll just repeat too i'm going to remember this too. i wrote at the top of my page what you had talked to patty about that uh, i always thought i was a victim of a con job well i'm going to reverse that and say i am a con man i was shocked and embarrassed not because i put the words down but because i had never seen the truth of the lie that i had lived yes it was, I can feel it today reverberate through me. How could I have, with the background I had, 48 years old, four years sober, be so delusional? It, it, 
well, it was the beginning of the spiritual awakening. Just yeah. like the other people and like yourself is going, oh my God, yeah. I don't know that I don't know and I can't see that I don't see until I do and then I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and that's what Herb, I'll just say, you know, for anyone that's feeling a little bit hesitant about doing these sheets, these are the most freeing thing ever. After years of sobriety, this is what I've been searching for right here. Thank you, Herb. That's why I'm so passionate about it is that I searched for so long and I didn't find, and I didn't know that I wasn't finding, but I found, and you use the word freedom. This work, not just this work, but the balance of the work that we will be doing, but this work in particular, it opens the doors to freedom like so powerfully and so effectively and so permanently. Thank you, Herb. You bet. So um, when I resent Paul, my brother-in-law, who said he was too busy to celebrate uh, my husband's birthday. Self-esteem, I'm a loving, supportive, engaging, intelligent, warm sister-in-law. And my fear is he doesn't value me at all. Um, so I don't think I do anything on the top. So my perceived role, I believe I'm a judgmental sister-in-law with a narrow view. Um, no. Um, um, you're on a stage with your husband and your brother-in-law. I guess that's his brother, right? Correct. And um, his brother is looking at you, saying to you in front of his own brother that he just doesn't have time. And so in the play, the drama, what's the script writer going to assign you as a role there? Okay. Um, I'm a non-trusting sister-in-law? No, 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 no. This is about the impact on you. This isn't about any of your motives or beliefs. This is li literally trying to determine the impact on you. You're standing there and he is rejecting your invitation to your husband's birthday party. So rejected sister-in-law, uh, aggrieved sister-in-law, uh, disappointed sister-in-law. Um, I think all of the above. Well, can you maybe generate a word or, or you can pick one of those or any of your own, just, just like two or three words that really captures the role that you're playing here in this play, this drama. Aggrieved might be a little bit too strong, but I'll say, I'm gonna say rejected. Okay, um, rejected I, I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna use both those words then, aggrieved, because I don't think it's too strong. Personally, All right. just from the, maybe, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm using an intuition there. Uh, aggrieved and rejected sister-in-law. Great, okay. let's, let's go with that at the top. And when you feel that, how long ago was this? Uh, in October. Okay, so it was last year. Right. And um, when you feel this feeling, because you it still tingles in you, all right, how do you behave? Number one. Um, I distrust 
Behave. Um, not, 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 no, that's, that's not a, that's an attitude. That's okay. not a behavior. But I gossip to my husband. Um, you complain to your husband. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about gossip. Yeah, complain is better. Yeah, I complain. Go ahead. What else? And behavior. How do your feet move? How does your... Um, withdraw. Oh, okay. Withdraw from who? Uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Okay. All right. Got it. All right. Let's go to the next item number two. Then the source of this resentment is due to what thought in you? Thinking this could cause a family rift, but that's probably farther down the road. Let's see. That sounds like a fear. Okay. Let's see. Um, this was really tough for me. Okay. Um, so thinking um, what I was thinking about self-centered thoughts, motives, and attitudes, thinking that he was it's my thinking, yes, that he was just making up a story, making up an excuse. Okay. All right. Let's assume that you're correct. <clears throat> what does that mean about you? That we're not, I'm not valuable. Um, so you're coming from the sense that his behavior determines your value. I guess so. Yeah. Well, no, that's what you said. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, there's the source now of your aggravation. Right. Because I don't, he, he's rejecting your, his brother. Right. And then, you know, it was and the you, wait, 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 wait. And you take it personally. Right. You know, I, I think I need to step back a second and say that it was the hurt that my husband was caused that caused the resentment in me. Okay, all right. So it wasn't as much as the rejection by the Paul as the impact it had on your husband. That, exactly. Right. That's a clearer view, sure, okay. Um, and again, just, again, though, here you're thinking that what happens to your husband has any connection to you, really? Well, what about the fact that we're pretty closely mated and- No, it's wonderful you have a great marriage, but what does his brother's attitude toward your husband have to do with you? Um, you made it about yourself. I did, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I don't like to see my husband in pain. I, I, and that's nice. That's wonderful. Of course you would. I mean, that's compassionate, of course. But that's more about codependency. Well, I don't even want to name it there. I don't want to go there. Um, I, I'm not sure that's not just really love, actually. Why not? But okay. the thing is, you made it about you, though. Yeah, I did. The, the behavior of Paul toward his brother was none of your business. Your husband's reaction is actually none of your business. Right. It, it saddens you, but your reaction is you wanna protect your husband 
and that's not your job. You took it personally and you yeah. and you went over the top, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm kind that's of true. some words here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause because it's your reaction to this event that is the right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's go to number three. Where are you being dishonest? Telling my husband I didn't believe uh, my brother-in-law. Well, but you, that wasn't dishonest. You were you were telling him the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you thought. Okay. I don't know that I was uh, telling a lie in any way. Well, you did you know the truth of it? No, I didn't. So oh, I was just you made shit up. Yeah. What did you say? What did you say, Herb? I did what? You, <laughs> I didn't quite hear what you said. You made stuff up. Exactly. I did. I'm a great maker of stuff up. Well, um, the, how does that serve you? Very well? or It doesn't. No, not normally. Right. See, I'll you tell you why I made it up. And it, it doesn't normally happen. But this was the first event that he ever decided not to come to. And uh, he doesn't have the right to do that? He has the right to do whatever he wants. Apparently not. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you're the queen and the subject should have yeah. <laughs> Exactly. They, they exactly. didn't get the script of your story. Exactly. I'm so glad I did this with you because I knew it was going to be a tough one. I needed to get straight. <laughs> and and uh, so fear, I think you covered a little bit of that. Go ahead with whatever you wrote. I wrote fear of losing the relationship with my brother, uh, brother's family, uh, brother-in-law and family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very legitimate reaction concern. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then you, you might want to get underneath that and look at, so, and how is that fear going to help not, in fact, produce exactly what you're fearing? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Yeah. Right. Number five, what's your role and responsibility? Um, I wrote putting in my two cents worth, but that's probably not. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Well, you tell me. Is was it appropriate for you put to put in your two cents worth? Well, it probably wasn't appropriate, but that's what I did. Well, no, I understand so, that, but is that what you would do if, in fact, you were a model, mature, kind, and loving woman? No. <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah, it's almost like a trick question. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A, a mature woman would console his the, the husband and exactly. You know, so you, you might want to talk to your brother about the impact that had on him and then step away from it. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Six and seven, skip those for right now. You'll come back to them when you do step eight. Um, okay. Question number eight, are there any additional fears? Uh, nope, I think I didn't come up with anything additionally. Okay. Yep, yep, you only got what you got. Number nine, character defects. Well, I wrote codependency, but I guess maybe that's it, not well, it. Well, it might be true. I mean, what does that mean to you? 
Well, I felt like I was um, trying to protect my husband. And is that your job? No, it's not. Yeah. So in, in that sense, uh, I'm not sure it's codependent, but it's um, overreaching what your real responsibility is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's very human. I don't. I'm not dismissing that. This is the. This is why we're doing this. Is to try to help us become aware that we can, in fact, operate in a in a better way than we've been operating because it's right. not helpful to us and it's not helpful to others. Right. Right. Number ten. What did you put down as the benefit and value for holding this resentment for these last six months? Self righteous anger. Okay, and what what does self righteous mean for you? Oh, you get a little. Uh, um, maybe it feels kind of uh, you're a little superior if you can hang on to something. That's the word I wrote down: a sense of superiority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's an effort to actually control it or to have the delusion that you control it. Sure. Okay. So at the top, what did we come up with as the perceived role? A rejected, um, aggrieved sister-in-law. And what's the truth at the bottom? What did you write? I wrote I was a meddling spouse. Oh, nice. <laughs> you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> yeah. And so as you wrote it out, because you were very clear and, and the conclusion you saw was very clear, um, and now as you read it out and we sort of helped clarify some things, what's your overall experience with this as a believer? Uh, you, you helped me to clarify a whole lot in, in myself and in the relationship, in all three relations, in all my relationship with my brother-in-law and my relationship with my husband. Yeah. And a thought that I would uh, plant as a seed for you to examine all your relationships in the light of what you've just seen and experienced. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. This was one of the first ones that I did the fourth column on. So yep. I, yep. great. Very <laughs> helpful. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Right. You bet. I resent Ray, my father-in-law for not treating all his grandchildren equally. Right. And as well. Um, and my self-esteem, and I, I was very wordy, I boiled it down. Uh, I'm a thoughtful, caring, loving, trusting, inclusive daughter-in-law, his best and favorite one. Yes, and you're furious. Is that um, Ray uh, thinks that, thought that me and I and my children were the second string of less value uh, than others in the family. We were uh, the second, uh, second family, second wife. Yep, yep. Okay. thank you. And cross over to the fourth column. What's your perceived role? Okay, I wrote down, I am a devalued, wrong, unfairly treated, treated daughter-in-law. All right. And when you feel that feeling, how do you behave? Okay, when I feel that feeling, um, I feel my gut not up at the injustice of what he did to, to uh, me and my kids yep. and the sneaky way he did it. And every time I walk past his photo, I give him the raspberry. 
<laughs> all right, all right. So you have external manifestations. All right, go ahead. Any other behavior? Uh, that's what came to mind for me. All right, number two. And so how is your thinking the source of your problem? Um, that I have kept thinking, I have think, I think I have thought that the children and I were wronged, that we were gypped. Um, I want to hold on to, I, I blame him and his behavior for devaluing them and me. Um, yeah, we know that. That's why you're doing a resentment inventory. So answer the question. How is your unhealthy thinking the source of your anger? He wasn't living up to my script. That's right. You have a definition of fair yeah. that he did not understand. Yeah. You see, you're delusional. You're imposing your values and your script on this man. Yeah. And it was his money and he can do with it what he wants. He could burn it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and and I. So number three, what did you write? I wrote, uh, where was I dishonest? Um, that that I was deluding myself that he would live up to my, my uh, expectations. Okay, let's push it. Tell me about your expectations. Were they real? Were they, were they objective? Or were they self-serving? See, that's where it gets a little muddy for me. Because... Oh, answer my questions. Mm. Why should he adhere to your script and your behavior and your, your values? Because everything he did for 35 years fit with that. Did then, what? I said everything he did for 35 years fit with what I wanted. Yeah, okay. Until he wrote his will, died, and then... Yeah. So... <sighs> so you're having a tough time adjusting to reality. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Welcome to the human race. Yeah. If this were easy, everybody would do it. This is hard, even, even for people who are motivated. Not only is our sobriety at stake, our very life is at stake, and we resist doing it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Go ahead. Uh, and I was also going to say, um, part of my getting wrapped around this is because what he did hurt one of my children very, very deeply. And that's none of your business. <sighs> yeah. And, I, and, and it just finally came to me that that's true when I heard you say that to her. You know, it's cold, but it is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that somewhere when they were little, I, well, when I was divorced and I was, what was between the, the wolf and my kids, I decided I'm there to protect them, period. And they, nobody can hurt them. That's your job, Mama Bear. That's your job. Yeah. But at some point in time, 
Um, does that end? You tell me. Hasn't yet for me, and I think that well, you're we can make a distinction between emotionally, probably not, yeah. but every in other every other way, yes, you oh, they, yeah. they need to fly from the nest, and they're going to get broken wings. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, I I let them fall on their financial faces or whatever, but to yeah. the to the extent that you do that, you're helping them grow up. Yeah, they need to make their own journey and and suffer the consequences of their behavior. That's why one of them's married on his fourth time. <laughs> it's, well, it's huge. It, it's huge to watch that. It's very painful as a parent to watch that, and yet that's what we have to do. Exactly. I mean, you know, common sense and outside counsel probably helps a lot. So, number four, fear. Okay, my fear is I'm afraid. Um, of not being valued um, as others in the family. Uh, I'm not getting treated equally and honestly. And, and then uh, I'm thinking over there I am giving somebody else the, the, uh, uh, the, my center of gravity is out there telling me what the heck I, yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. This, is, this is only, you know, 30 some odd years old. So, I mean, you think yeah. I might have gotten it. Right. So <laughs> what did you write for number five? Uh, my responsibility, um, back then, uh, when this first happened, I, I did have an expectation of equal treatment. I expected. No, we know that. Okay. Um, but it was an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Um, and now, and now, why have you held the resentment for 30 years? Because I get to feel right and innocent, and he gets to be wrong and guilty. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so skip six and seven and go to question number eight, additional fears. Um, what came to mind was a fear of having less than. Okay. And, anywhere, anywhere. All right, all right, all right. Number nine, character defect. Okay, so I'm judgmental, I'm critical. I'm rigid and stubborn and self-righteous. And what I meant by self-righteous is I'm right and somebody else is wrong. <laughs> and I'm also good at retaliation. I have nourished this fantasy that if I die, if my husband dies first, so help me God, I'm going to give those other three kids something that they didn't get from their father in love 40,000 years ago. <laughs> it's like, sure, oh, sure. Jesus, what is wrong with me? Herb, this is scary. It's like I don't have enough life left to me and years left in my life to get this together. And I appreciate well, this, everybody that's all yeah, of it. You already have it together. So it's just a matter of now polishing it, right? Yeah. All right. Um, number 10, a uh, so character defect. Did you read that? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. And then number 10, what's the benefit or value? Um, I wrote down. Um, I could continue to dislike him rather than looking at what I'm doing or what I could have done differently to support my daughter when this happened. Uh, it, just, it was easier to just blame him. Yeah, it's not gonna help to think in terms of what I could do differently. Okay. Then. It does help, what can I do differently now? 
because you can't obviously you can't change history okay yeah no you, but you can change the present moment which will change then everything around you going forward so a year from now you don't have to look back with that kind of regret say a little bit more about that because I'm, I'm i'm still a little lost here what do you what did you think i said what did you hear i think i was so upset i wasn't hearing yes yeah okay all right so it's just important and this is just common sense to pay attention to now because yesterday is irretrievable you cannot change anything mm-hmm even if you could have changed something yesterday, you didn't, therefore you can't. Yep. It's done. History is over. Yep. We can learn from it, but that's all. So learning from it, how do you want to behave today so that a year from now, looking back, you don't have the regret that you have now about the last year? I want to be cognizant, aware of my, when I'm laying my expectations on other people. Yes. So that. Yes, you do. That is important for all of us. Absolutely wonderful. Yes. And so at the top, what was your perceived role? My perceived role was the devalued, wrong, unfairly treated daughter-in-law. And what's the truth at the bottom? I wrote that I was a self-righteous daughter-in-law that needed to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, this is hard. Yes. It's hard to do, and it's even hard to accept. Yes, yes, yes. And that's where step six and seven are a blessing. Because it says in step six, you're powerless to make any change at all in yourself that's of, of worthwhile. And yet you can rely on your creator to fine tune you and bring healing. I call the seven step prayer, the prayer of healing. And I have been doing the prayer for the relief of resentment. And my aesthetic prayer that I wrote for this step is help me be open to new awareness. Help me to accept and embrace them. Yeah. And it sounds like you have experienced all of that. I feel like I've been roto-rooted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Put in, the, put in the spin drive, right? Yeah. So I resent Al, my husband, for his heavy surveillance of any and all my activities and efforts to control me, especially financially. Self-esteem. What is my deep belief about who I am? I am a brilliant, fascinating, creative, accomplished woman with ability to take care of myself. Fear. What is my fear? I am a dependent, inept, incompetent, low IQ woman that requires supervision to avoid mistakes. Okay, move over to the fourth column. I believe I am misunderstood 
and appreciated spouse stupid and require supervision? Scratch the the other two. It's um underappreciated spouse, isn't it? That really captures all of that, doesn't it? Yes. This man does not appreciate me. Yes. Right. Okay. And when you feel underappreciated, how do you behave? Number one. I react with anger, attack sometimes, but sometimes I listen. Um, okay, so I'm not interested in your listening. I am interested in your behavior, though. Did you say attack? Do you mean like verbal uh, uh, attacking? Uh, well, sometimes I shove him also. Verbal and physical. Yes, I'm physically abusive. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you. Number two, and what what is the source of your thinking here that you've uncovered is unhealthy? I cannot stand this man. I think it's because he is an engineer, Catholic Cuban. He is ultra controlling and is probably on the spectrum of Asperger's. All right, so uh, interesting description. You took his inventory, but now let's take yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, I'm, I'm still working on pierced ears. I don't like any kind of surgery. So this soul surgery is really a bitch. And so um, what thought in you, what self-centered thought in you does that little vomit re represent? I guess that I don't want to do the work. Um, it's not true. I, I don't believe, I mean, here you are and you're very participating. You're not, you're not, you're, you are engaged. So that doesn't strike me as true. Well, my but what does that, what you wrote, reflects something. What does it reflect about you? Well, it reflects that I only want to look at my side. I don't want to look at his, and I just want to blame him. Yes, we're clear on that. That's why you have this resentment, all right? Yeah. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on a limb here and have you read it again, because I didn't think it was accurate, but now I think it, it's accurate in the sense that it's the smoke. If you get underneath it, it'll have the fire. Read it again, what you wrote in number two. I cannot stand this man. And I think it's because he is an engineer, Catholic, and a Cuban, which makes him obsessive compulsive, and he is ultra controlling and on the spectrum of Asperger's, my diagnosis. Well, no, I understand that, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on, uh, I'm on the pedestal looking down at this inferior mouse of a man judging him and I am superior. Okay, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the image that you painted for me. You see, what you wrote was the smoke, but what the fire is, is I'm superior looking at this inferior person who is controlling me. So I'm the diva, and he is the servant. servant, now, servant and that he, works really well. Okay, so I yep. am the diva, Queen Sandra. Okay. Okay, that's good. Number three. 
dishonest misrepresentation. Yeah, I hide clothes that I buy. I um, I eat food that I know going to size me because I'm an FA and he knows what the food program is. And I have a male friend from kindergarten that I go out to lunch with without telling him. Okay. Um, number four, and what fear do you have? That I will never learn finances, that I, I don't know how to buy a car, sell a house, or do difficult, complicated adult things because he takes all the responsibility and treats me like I'm inept. All right. There's no right or wrong answer. There's just your answer. That's your fear. All right. F number five, what's your role and responsibility in holding this resentment? I act undisciplined, disorganized, and indulge in a parent-child relationship. That's, tell me what your reaction is when you read that out loud. I want to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so the nail that, that you just you put the hammer right on the nail head, didn't you? Yep, I've got a learned helplessness and it's so yep. disrespectful and it's so dishonest and it's not right. I am capable and it's just a, yep. a farce and I have cultivated it and allowed it and I just am furious with myself. Yeah, that I, I wrote down learned helplessness and what you just described is cultivated helplessness. Yeah, nice, nice job, really nice. Numbers six and seven, we'll skip for right now, come back when we do step eight. And um, what did you write in terms of additional fears in question number eight? I will be unable to care for myself and will be, be eaten alive if left on my own. Okay, all right. Number and nine, character defects. Immaturity, lack of discipline, blame, mean, childish. Okay. All right. I, I wrote down irresponsible, meaning you're not willing to take responsibility for learning and or doing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And why do I hold on to this resentment? Because then I don't have to work. I just have to be critical and mad. And he does all the work. It allows me to remain in a learned helplessness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the way you said it, I really know that you mean it, the diva. It's such oh. a, a trap. Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the queen of your own hottie mess. Demise. My, I'm the queen of my own what? Hottie mess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am the potty queen. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. So at the top, what did you write? Un Underappreciated spouse. What's the truth at the bottom? What did you write as realization? I don't have that on my sheet. Well, give me a word or two. Say it Another again. Rather than the unappreciated spouse, who are you? Capable. Well, no, uh, in terms of the role that you've been playing. 
Well, I am a very uh, dependent and yeah. and un unwilling and unable really to participate as a partner. Well, you're not unable, but you am, and you are unwilling. But I like that. What, what did you say at the beginning? Dependent, a uh, dependent and underappreciating spouse. Yes. He sounds like quite a provider and you've just luxuriated in being dependent all the time complaining because you really want to feel like you're independent, but you don't want to take the responsibility to be so. Yeah, that you said that very well. You should, you should get into this business. That's a very good job you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I don't want a business, but I do want to help, and I'm glad it helped. Yeah, that's really, this is very important to me because uh, as we age, and if something were to happen to him, I don't even know where the keys to the uh, safe box is. I mean, it's pitiful. Well, now you know you have some questions to ask. Uh, do you have an assignment for us for homework for next week? Um, thank you. Uh, yes, um, do a couple more, at least one of the column fours, unless you're in fact finished with your column threes, then do obviously as many as you want. But I want everybody to practice column four so that they can participate from experience in the conversations by listening to other people's unpacking of the column three and then the column four. Um, but, and most especially, I want everybody to have a plan now, a plan to complete column three and column four in the way that you and your sponsor or step guide agree that you is enough for you. I don't have any rules, as you know, I have some suggestions, a minimum of five or 10 different people or in you know, circumstances and a maximum of 20. Now you might do two or three worksheets on one incident or one person and that's just fine, but I'm trying to shape it so that it's not overwhelming. Once you unlock one of these at the depth that's been done today, you will see the pattern that that's how you operate almost in every situation. So that if you did a hundred of these things, you wouldn't see any new truth. You would just have a hundred confirmations of the truth you saw the first time. But I do recommend that you do three or five or 10 so that you get the confirmation that it's real and pervasive. Um, and, but so have a plan. If you have a plan, like by the end of March, I'm going to finish my column threes. And by the end of April, I'm going to finish my column fours. That's a plan. Now you might want to shorten it up or you might want to lengthen it because we're moving on in a couple of weeks. I'm going to give you the fear inventory. Not yet, not tonight. Um, and then we're going to move on in terms of unpacking the balance of step four. So you will have at least the suggestions and, un and the interpretation of the big book so that when you get there, you can do it. And meanwhile, we'll be sampling some of the work as we move along as we did already with column four. 
So uh, have a plan. Um, and it's and a plan is not, I'm going to finish column three and four. That's not a plan. That's a vision, but it's not a plan. A plan is I'm going to work 15 minutes a, a day, an hour a day, uh, three hours a week. And I'm going to finish my column three and column four because I'm committing to do five or I'm committing to do 10 or I'm committing to do 20. And I'm going to finish by the end of March or the end of April, the end of June. That's a plan. Be specific. If in fact you don't have a plan and you will make a commitment to get to the work when you can, you never will. Because this work, as you can find, as you can hear today, is a grind. Not only does it take time, it takes a lot of emotional and spiritual energy to do. And we'll, we'll do anything else other than column three and column four. So if you want to actually finish column three, column four, have a plan, have it specific, and then talk to your step guide or sponsor about it so that you have an accountability partner that you can check with like once a week. Yes, I'm, I'm on plan or no, I'm not on plan. Not to beat you up, but just to hold you accountable. Only if you want to finish it. If you don't want to finish it, then continue doing whatever, whatever it is you're not doing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Thank you so much.